Hi there, and welcome to another Oslo podcast. My name's Todd Fraser. We hear a lot about leadership these days. There are many forms of leadership, and most clinicians will, at some stage, take on a role like that during their careers. While not all of us possess the natural affinity for leadership, there is clearly a role for training and enhancing those skills. Hash Abdeen is the current chair of the Council of Doctors in Training for the Australian Medical Association and is an advanced trainee in rheumatology and general medicine. He joins me today to talk about the development of leadership skills in junior doctors. Hash, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Todd. Thanks for having me. Hash, many junior doctors might be listening to this podcast and thinking, what on earth does leadership skills have to do with me? Why do you see this as an important issue for junior doctors? Yeah, I think, I mean, in medicine, of course, leadership is such a key skill to have. I mean, we are as doctors seen as leaders within our clinical team. So even on your ward rounds, you'll often have your nursing staff looking up to you and asking you questions. So if there is a MEC call, often we get seen as the, you know, the leader within the MEC call, if you're, even if you're just the resident or if it's a difficult cannula or a difficult, you know, IDC, you know, if someone sees you as the leader in the space, even though you may not feel that way. And of course, there's, you know, this inherent kind of hierarchy in medicine, which is something that's another day for another topic. Um, But I mean, really, if you have medical students underneath you uh, who are looking up to you as a leader within them, that space too. So, and I think more and more what I'm finding is that medicine is reliant on those leadership skills for you to be able to be an effective clinician. And I think it's really important to bring those skills of communication and teamwork, collaboration, you know, perseverance, resilience, all these high skills that you develop as a leader over time that really help you to be the best possible clinician that you can be. And I think, you know, this is why I think for me personally and all the, the, the leaders that I've been involved with at a junior doctor learned doctor and training level um, have really flourished within their clinical careers as well. Um, and it's weird or it's interesting to see that symbiotic relationship between that. Do you think anyone can be a leader or are some people naturally got skills and and traits that make them natural leaders? Of course, I think there's an element of natural leadership skills. I mean, there's going to be people who are perhaps more extroverted and we know that's obviously a personality type that maybe leans towards more leadership skills and all leadership roles. Um, But I do think that there's some of the skills that we talked about, you know, communication, teamwork, they're skills that anybody can have. You don't necessarily need to be a leader to to have those skills. You can do those and be part of the team. And I think that's what people are looking for. And I think we talked about, you know, junior doctors and how important it is for them. And I think, you know, everyone needs to get on a training program or most people are aiming to get on a training program and even to get consultant jobs, you know, they're looking at these leadership skills as being extremely valuable because I guess, you know, they translate into, like I said, your patient care, um, but your ability to manage teams and work with teams is so important as well. So I think it's definitely something that people can learn, um, but I think it's through those experiences that you can get as you do after years to develop those leadership skills that's key. Um, you yourself are in a, a prominent uh, leadership position within the industry. Um, what are some of the things that you brought to that role and what are some of the things that you've learned along the way? So I think um, I've learned a lot. I often still have this um, problem, which I think a lot of people do, which is imposter syndrome all the time. And I sometimes have to pinch myself to realise that you know, I'm talking to the chair of the medical board or, you know, the, the minister for health, Greg Hunt or whoever it is, you know, that you're talking to. And suddenly you, but then you realise, I mean, I think it is a journey. Leadership is a journey. And that's why I think you mentioned about 
you know, are people born with these skills? And I don't necessarily think so. I mean, I've taken years to kind of build my leadership um, and my ability to lead meetings, for example, which some people might think is a really easy thing to do, but actually leading a meeting room full of people can be quite challenging and managing different personalities and different opinions. But realising as well, I think a big learning journey for me was realising as the chair of a committee or a leadership, you don't need to be the one who has all the right ideas all the time. I think facilitation is such an important key thing. And I initially kind of really got myself down thinking, oh, you know, I have to be have all the right ideas as being the leader. And, you know, sometimes we do that in medicine, you know, when you're in that position on the ward or as a doctor, we have that kind of feeling where we need to get everything right. We need to know all the answers and everyone's looking to us for everything. But actually it's often not the case. And really I think safe practice and safe leadership is all about admitting when you don't know and actually asking those around you when you don't know. And I think this is another kind of translation I find in my roles that I've learned um, through these leadership roles, but it's, Definitely been a journey, nothing that I've, you know, picked up overnight. What have some of the challenges been for you when you found yourself in that leadership role? Um, where have things uh, felt like they're coming off the rails, as it were, um, and what have you done to, to address those? Um, so I think the major challenges that I've experienced is, of course, and I mentioned this earlier a little bit, is the hierarchy in medicine. So I'm a doctor and training leader or a junior doctor leader, and that comes with it certain, I guess, um, perceptions or preconceptions from people about, you know, my ability to lead, for example, or my ability to, to um, navigate a situation or be able to, to speak to presidents of colleges or CEOs or, or health ministers. And I think often um, that has been a challenge for me as well just breaking through that, I guess, you know, hierarchy and realising that I'm just as experienced as a lot of people in these leadership roles and I have, you know, a unique perspective as a doctor in training, which I think is very good for all forms of leadership to have that diversity of view. Um, but there are many challenges, of course, when you're moving in the leadership space. For me personally, I'm, of course, you know, chairing the AMA's Federal Council of Doctors in Training and often I'm an advocate um, for trainees, but balancing that in terms of, you know, my role as a trainee specifically in, other, in my college, for example, or, you know, my, managing my conflicts and realising my place in that sense as well and really realising that diplomacy is key for key advocacy and not always that um, sometimes antagonism that happens in leadership or that feeling that you need to challenge people at every single step of the way or, you know, be a strong leader with strong opinions. I think those type of things can be quite challenging to manage when you have people have expectations of you as this person to do these kind of roles. Um, so it's, it is challenging to balance that, I think, um, in terms of my role as you know, individual trainee, my role as a chair, but my, also my role to be able to advocate and represent the entire voice, um, which is quite daunting sometimes when you think you're representing all 40,000 or so doctors in training across the country. What you seem to describe there was um, a style of leadership. I can only assume that there are multiple different styles and, and certain styles will resonate more or less with, with certain people. Um, what would you characterise your style as being and has that changed over time? Yeah, so I think my style of leadership is very much become a, a style of collaboration. Like I find that I thrive in environments where I'm able to, to um, grow other new leaders around me. And I think that's always been my style of leadership to bring people along with me. Um, often you will see leadership 
in a and traditional leadership used to be, I guess, maybe that dictator kind of looking kind of leadership field where that person has all the ideas, like I said, and has the ultimate say. And what I'm finding more and more rewarding for me is not that type of leadership, but the leadership where I get to um, inspire new leaders within our, you know, the AMA or inspire new leaders around me and encourage and grow people through that leadership. And that's what I really think a good leader does. Um, and they bring people along with them. And I think that's what we often see, you know, great organizations um, with great leaders are people who can, you know, make that vision or that mission of that company shared amongst the organization um, and really feel, make people feel part of that organization. And I think that's the, really what I've been trying to do at the AMA Council of Autism Training level, which is, you know, trying to become more representative, more collaborative, but actually making people feel part of it all. Um, and then that leads to effective leadership, I think. Do you think that the skills that you've learned in your role will help you as you go forwards in your career and not just as a leader in, of a clinical team, for example, but are there, there things that will help you in the rest of your career? I think so. What I often find is that my ability to now communicate and, and navigate difficult situations is being really useful. So I often find... Um, Unfortunately, in training, we're still not great at, I guess, um, training leadership skills in the training programs. And we often, you know, focus very heavily on clinical skills and clinical acumen or knowledge or academics. And we do that in medical school as well. We've kind of, I hate this term soft skills, but really we kind of forget about these softer skills, which are so important um, in terms of becoming effective. Um, and really for me, my perspective, as I become older in the doctor and training sphere, um, I often find, you know, consultants who struggle with these skills. And often, you know, as junior doctors, we think that consultants have it all perfect. They've figured it all out and they've got this golden ticket and they're a consultant, they know everything and they don't struggle with some of these issues, but they do exactly like us as doctors in training. Um, and they often have problems around conflict management, how you manage the training difficulty, how you manage a college with you know, a colleague with difficulty. These are all skills that take really nuanced um, approaches to. And I think the leadership skills that I've developed help me manage that. I mean, like I said, conflict management is extremely difficult sometimes to manage as a leader. And I think being able to run a meeting with, you know, 20 different people from different various views and having to bring that together is something that has been a really big skill that I've learned, um, which can often, you know, even in, for example, again, a clinical situation, a family meeting, which may be really difficult to navigate. Um, that's something definitely, you know, you can relate those skills or translate those skills. So coming back to my first question, which is why would junior doctors care about this? If there are junior doctors who are now saying, well, okay, I understand that it's important, but I don't feel equipped to take on a role like that. How do they improve their leadership skills and, and uh, flesh out some of their potential deficits? Yeah, so I think it's all about taking those opportunities that present yourself to, I mean, that's exactly how I started. I mean, I didn't start taking on this role as chair of federal AMA. And I started as, you know, um, in my medical school days, you know, trying to get involved and doing things with the medical school and, you know, sitting on committees, for example. I mean, a committee, it might, for some people who are very involved, it might seem like a simple task to be a part of a committee. But actually, it is a learning skill to know how to, you know, read an agenda and be prepared for a meeting, knowing when to speak in a meeting, you know, all these type of things, which, you know, I often find now it just flows so easily. But I, when I'm, you know, encouraging new people to get involved with the AMA, for example, it's really clear that some people are a bit worried about how they present themselves in a meeting, how they interact in a meeting. And these are skills that you will only learn by 
experience, I think it's kind of really difficult to do a, a textbook on how to be a good committee member or how to be you know, a committee secretary or chair. And that's kind of the roles I took on as a medical student and as an intern and then slowly kind of um, got presented more opportunities. And often what happens is because you're keen to be involved, people will tap you on the shoulder. And that's what happens often in medicine anyway as well, um, but often in leadership roles as well. People will tap you on the shoulder and encourage you um, the other key thing from my perspective is mentorship. And I think I've had really great mentors in leadership through medicine um, and just, you know, inspiring people that kind of encouraged me and did tap me on the shoulder to kind of take on positions that I didn't think that I could take on or know that I could take on um, and supported me through those roles. And I think it's really key to find other mentors in your space or um, to help you guide you along that pathway. Has um, being a leader and your experience being a leader made you a better follower? I think so. I think it's made me realise that it's important to value whoever the leader is in that team. So, I mean, you know, the, the position of a leader is so important in terms of the direction of wherever you're going. I think often because I'm in these position sometimes I take on the natural leadership position um, but it's also important to realize that it's you know there's going to be situations where I'm not the natural person to be the leader in that group and that's where it's important to follow you mean I think it's about realizing that and not having to have that feeling where you always have to be the leader in that situation um, and there are people who have got you know equally or better skills in terms of that specific niche or whatever topic you're discussing or whatever thing you're just um, working on. Um, what is the, the Council of Doctors in Training's position on leadership skills for junior doctors? What work are you doing in that space? Yeah, so I guess we've been really um, trying to encourage um, more leadership within the junior doctor space because we understand that it's a really important skill to have. And, I mean, the AMA's role is, you know, leading the profession and that's the mission of the AMA overall. And I think, you know, it's important to be able to upskill doctors in training, like as I mentioned the training programs at the moment don't necessarily focus too much on leadership. And I think it's really important that we as the medical profession um, really take a take, take ownership of it, really, um, because really the healthcare system needs more clinician leaders. And I think that's what, exactly what we've been talking about um, all along through the AMA's advocacy. Um, the other key thing from us at a Council of Doctors in Training um, level is about diversity in leadership. And we know that certain... <coughs> minority groups, including women in medicine, um, are underrepresented in healthcare um, leadership positions across the country. Um, so that's another key thing that we've been kind of focusing on um, and ensuring, you know, for example, just things, simple things like meeting meetings after hours for doctors in training, because often doctors in training can't make it up in hours, but trying to, you know, make sure that there's, um, you know, times where people are not doing school pickups and, you know, dinner times and things like that. You know, really simple things like changing that to try and accommodate people who may be in that meeting um, environment that is difficult for them because of other commitments or caring commitments as well. Um, ultimately, I mean, you know, some of these leadership things that we've been doing is, for example, just the past weekend, um, we held what's called the AMA CDT Future Leaders Forum, which is a, a workshop that we wanted to give back to all AMA doctors in training um, who are in leadership positions. Um, and we had great speakers coming and talking to us, including Julia Gillard opening the meeting um, and, you know, Heidi Stern-Myron, who some people might know is the president, of, the new president of the World Medical Association, talking about you know, how she took on a leadership role as a junior doctor in the Swedish Medical Association and how her journey towards becoming the president of the World Medical Association has been and everything in between, you know what I mean? And we had people 
doctors in training talking about governance roles and directorship roles and advocacy roles. We had ministers coming and talking to us and chief medical officers. And it was really nice to just have that collaboration of different leadership roles in the healthcare profession, um, but kind of, I guess, inspiring people to take on those roles. Um, and like I said, representation is key. And I think we, we make sure that um, we have a diverse group of people always in our council of doctors in training to ensure that, you know, we're as strong as possible in terms of that diversity of view. Ash, thanks very much for joining us on the podcast and sharing your thoughts on leadership for junior doctors. No worries. Thank you so much, Todd, for having me. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Get access to all our great podcast interviews as well as hundreds of modules, journal reviews, quizzes and articles by downloading our free app. Search for My Osler wherever you get your apps or visit our website at oslercommunity.com.